0: Welcome to the weekly sermons and studies podcast at First Baptist. Today's speaker is our senior pastor, Dr. Jeff Reynolds. Would you pray with me? Lord, your grace is truly amazing. And we confess that apart from Christ, we are all wretches, or that we have made decisions that have separated us from you. But Lord, in Your great love for us, in Your great and amazing grace, You came for us. You sent Your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to come and rescue us. And so, Lord, as those who have repented of our sin and placed our faith in Jesus Christ alone for our salvation, we give You thanks that we have been rescued from the dominion of darkness and brought into Your everlasting light in which we now stand. So, Lord, in that context, in the presence of your Holy Spirit, we look to your Word, and we pray that you would speak to our hearts, that you would transform us by the renewing of our minds so that when this experience comes to an end, that we're different, more like Jesus. For it's in his precious and holy name that we pray. Amen. Well, there's one passage of Scripture that I want to share with you today, and I just kind of want to read it devotionally. It is Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. You can look in the Red Pew Bible in front of you uh, to page 982 and follow along, but as you turn there, I can't help when I think of Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, but to think of a dear saint, Pat McCubbin. Who was a longtime member of our church, a longtime member of several churches within this part of the country, who went home to be with the Lord exactly one year ago today. At Pat McCubbin's service, we of course featured this particular text because as her mind uh, was kind of taken by dementia, after every Sunday morning service, she would come to me and I would get to greet her and she would greet me and she would tell me, every week, that her father was a preacher, and she knows how difficult that job can be. But she would also tell me that her favorite passage was this passage from the Apostle Paul's letter to the church at Philippi, and she would quote it, and she would quote it in the King James Version, and it was the most beautiful and soul-stirring and encouraging thing. Well, the day of her funeral, just under a year ago, her family gathered from all over the place and they gathered here in this room and we, we paid tribute to her life and even more importantly, we paid tribute to her Lord, the one that she served for so long and in whose presence she now dwells. And after the service, one of her nephews came up to me there at the graveside and we were just talking, just kind of making the connections you kind of make when you don't know each other and you know, you're just trying to get connected Well, the more he talked and the more I talked, the more we realized we had some mutual friends. See, her nephew was a guy named Pete Walters. Some of you know him. He's in the Hall of Fame at Western Kentucky University. He was an All-American football player there and went on to play professional football. Went on to get his Ph.D. and teach for years at Wheaton College near Chicago, Illinois, and he just recently graduated. And as we learned the identity of one another, something amazing happened within my soul, and it's something for which I am profoundly grateful. See, I knew that Pat McCubbin was meaningful to me as a sister in Christ and as a church member, but what I didn't know is that Pat McCubbin's life influenced mine in ways I can't express enough gratitude for. See, Pat McCubbin encouraged her nephew Pete to pursue college he was from Eastern Kentucky, and he said he was going to go to work in the coal mines. That's just what he was going to do. He wasn't going to fool with college, but, but he had some, some athletic prowess, and he had some academic prowess, and Pat encouraged him to pursue those things. and So he ended up a hilltopper here at Western Kentucky University, and he did really, really well as a hilltopper, and that opened some doors for him after his time as a hilltopper. And of course, you can go up to the hill today and you can see his picture there in the Athletic Hall of Fame. It's a remarkable story. But that wasn't what was so important to me. What was so important to me is that while he was a hilltopper, he was a hilltopper in Christ. He lived out his faith as a football player. And he was involved in a ministry called the Fellowship of Christian Athletes that was profoundly formative in the life of one of First Baptist's own youths at the time, a guy named Stephen Ayers. And Steve Ayers looked up to Pete in a big way. And so Pete lived his faith in front of Steve Ayers, who then lived his faith in front of Jeff Reynolds and who profoundly impacted my life and still does to this day. But then Pete went on to Wheaton College where he lived his faith there at Wheaton College and there was a young football player named Rick Fox who played center at Wheaton. And after he graduated from Wheaton, he went on to coach football there at Wheaton for a while. He pursued a master's degree and then his coaching career led him to a place called Center College. And His first year at Center College was the fall of 1999, which just so happened to be my first year at Center College, as he was our offensive coordinator and offensive line coach. But he wasn't just an offensive coordinator and offensive line coach and former offensive line football player. He was, he was an offensive coordinator in Christ, and he lived out his faith on the football field in a way that deeply and profoundly influenced my life. And so if I were to start naming some of the spiritual influences in my life, chief among them would be Steve Ayers and Rick Fox. And if both of those men start naming spiritual influences in their lives, chief among their spiritual influences is Pete Walters. And if Pete Walters named his spiritual influences, chief among them is Pat McCubbin. And so Pat McCubbin was a spiritual grandparent to me, and I didn't even know it. Because she lived out her faith in a way that influenced a man whose life influenced two men whose lives influenced mine. Guys, that's the way it works. You know, hindsight's 2020. And typically we can only trace God's hand when we look backwards because our minds can't grasp his immensity. And can't embrace what he's doing in the moment. All we can do is walk by faith. But this week, I want to encourage you to take a moment and look back. Look back on the journey of your life so far and just ask the Lord Lord, show me, show me where you have done things in my life before I even existed. Show me where you have done things in my life before I even realized you were doing them. And show me where you continue to do things in my life of which I am remarkably unaware in the moment, but for which I am profoundly grateful. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. The Apostle Paul writes as he's carried along by the Holy Spirit Rejoice in the Lord always. Today we come to the table of our Lord. And at this table, we gather around it to remember. Jesus said that's why he gave us this meal, that we might remember the price that he paid for us, the great work that he has done for us because we recognize that any of us and all of us have only one hope of heaven, and that's Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so I want to invite... Billy Ray Smith and Clint Cobb to join me at the table. Billy Ray is our deacon chair and Clint is our deacon chair elect. And we're going to turn our attention to this meal where Jesus, who was gathered on the night he was betrayed in the upper room with his disciples, even gathering with his betrayer, introduced this meal to his disciples. As they celebrated the Passover Seder, Jesus took bread, And he broke it and he gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is for you. He instructed them to take and to eat, for his body would be given for them. And though none of his bones would be broken, his body was broken in every way. And the reason for his body being broken was so that you and I could be made whole. And we come to this table as believers, and this meal is open to you if you have repented of sin and received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, please join us in this meal. There is a biblical prohibition that if you have yet to receive Christ, please do not join us in this meal. But know that Jesus' arms are open for you right now. I mean, in this moment, at this very second, you can say, Jesus, I believe that you're the Savior, and I'm a sinner and I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I believe you lived a sin-free life and then took my sin upon yourself and died on the cross for me. And that you died on the cross to pay for all of my sin. And that you were buried and the third day you were raised from the dead and that you live today. And so Jesus, I come to you a broken sinner, but I receive you today as my savior. I turn away from my life of sin to trust and follow you. Did you know that if you pray that prayer right now, you will become a Christian instantaneously. You will be forgiven of your sin, and you will be adopted into the family of God, and you will be called God's precious child, and you will begin your journey of trusting and following Jesus. And if you have just done that, just moments ago, you are eligible to participate in this sacred meal. So, if you're a believer, when the deacons come, we would invite you to take a piece of the bread and just to hold it. We'll all eat together. But as you hold it, think about what this little piece of unleavened bread symbolizes it's a symbol, it's a reminder to cause us to ponder the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave over freely. For us, would you pray with me? Most gracious Heavenly Father, as we come to this sacred table and this sacred meal, we ask that you would bless this bread. It's just a piece of unleavened bread, and that's all it is. It's a symbol. But Lord, what a powerful symbol it is that by this bread you remind us that your body was given for us. So bless it, Lord, and through it, help us to remember. In Jesus' name, amen. This bread represents the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was given for you. Take, eat, and remember. The Bible tells us that after the supper, Jesus took the cup. And in the course of the Passover Seder, we know that this would have been the third cup of the meal. This would have been the cup of redemption. Isn't that interesting? And he said this cup would be different from now on, that it would symbolize something deeper, a new covenant that was sealed in the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. This cup contains the fruit of the vine, which represents the blood of Jesus, which was shed upon an old rugged cross to cover over all of our sin. Not some of it, not part of it, all of it. The Bible says, for our sake, God made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are the ones who have received this gift and who stand before God clean, forgiven, whole. In just a moment, our deacons will distribute the fruit of the vine to you, and as you receive the cup, we would invite you to hold it, to ponder what it symbolizes, and we'll all partake together in just a moment. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you and we thank you for the precious blood of Jesus, which was shed upon an old rugged cross so that we might be made clean. We thank you that the blood of Jesus washes away all the stains of sin. And Lord, when we stand before you, we can stand before you in confidence if we are in Christ, for it is the righteousness of Jesus Christ that you see when you look upon us. Such grace is too lofty for us to understand, but we are so deeply grateful for it. Please bless this cup, and through it, Lord, help us to remember. In Jesus' name, amen. This cup represents the blood of our Lord Jesus which was shed for us God is faithful and we are grateful take, drink, and remember and now we respond this is the most important part of every service what do you do with what God has said how will you live it out all week long will you be grateful throughout the course of this week even in the tough moments and will you show all people the great love of God by which he has captured your heart and is willing to capture theirs our response to the gospel every time we hear it is so vitally important and so now we come together to respond Would you stand with me? Thank you for listening and we hope you'll join us next time. We'd love to connect with you. just email connect at firstbaptistbg.org or call 2708420331.